0: days. brewing that the focus remains the focal point of my team. Hello and welcome to the Rambling Runner Podcast. I'm your host, Matt Chettam and this is the podcast for all the dedicated amateur runners out there who are working hard to get better while balancing running with the rest of their lives. And I was so excited to talk to Emily Heller a couple of weeks ago. I am such a big fan of her as she has the Run Like Heller YouTube channel. She is a running tuber, as she puts it. She reviews running shoes and does an absolutely phenomenal job of it. And I couldn't wait to talk to her. All things running shoes, all things 2020, the best of 2020, leading into 2021, how she got started with this whole thing. We didn't kind of talk too much about that. We really stuck to the shoes. Uh, But as someone who works in the running industry, I do like to hear a little bit about how people got started and what they're doing as well. And then we also do a little little nostalgia talk with running shoes as well, which is always fun. We all have our favorite running shoes. There's no question about that. Um, And sometimes they're a little bit older than someone would expect. That's for sure. So I was so excited to talk to her. Um when I think about running shoe tubers, again, that's the I guess that's the term of art here that we're that we're going with. Uh, but people who review running shoes, uh, specifically uh on YouTube and in video form, I really have a top five that I go to and I watch these things incessantly. This is like my little guilty pleasure. Uh so I got again, this is in no particular order. I got, you know, Kafuzi. I'm a big fan of Emily Heller. Um we got uh, Seth Damore, uh, we got and Michael who's been on the show, and then the ginger, ginger Runner as well. Again, they're all unbelievable. I really love all of them, uh, and Emily's right in that group. Um, and because of that, this was so much fun. Again, this was one of those calls or one of these conversations where it just felt like a phone call with someone who I would just like to talk to, whether it was being recorded or not, and whether it was being recorded or not really didn't change what we were talking about. And I really, really enjoyed it. So thank you so much for listening. Let's get into it with Emily Heller. And don't forget, go subscribe to the Run Like Heller YouTube channel. Emily, welcome to the show.
1: Hello. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited to be on here. You know, I used to listen to this podcast when before I was working from home and I was commuting to the city. So this is a really cool thing to be doing. I'm a little nervous, but I think I think I'm going to be all right.
0: Oh, I know you will be. You are um, no stranger to recording different things to, to talk about. And your, your YouTube channel is one of my favorites for shoe reviews. And I know that like some people get into the habit of like, they'll just go on Zillow every day to like, look at you know, different homes. They'll, they're just not looking to buy a home for the rest of their life. They like to look at homes and what's going on with them. I do the same thing with running shoes. Like, even if I have all the running shoes I need, a brand new shoe just came in the mail. I'm still looking at running shoes and running shoe reviews. And you're one of my go-to places for that. And you do such great work. So, first of all, thank you for putting all of it out there because I know it's it's um, very time intensive, and it's just excellent. So, you do a great job, and I'm just so excited to talk to you all about um, you know, everything shoots.
1: Yeah. You know, uh, I started the channel a little over a year ago and it's been such a crazy journey, especially, you know, in the pandemic, you know, it actually gave me a little bit more time to work on it so I can put out more stuff now that I'm not commuting and, you know, spending eight hours like physically somewhere else other than my house. So it's been awesome. And, uh, the growth of the channel has been more than I ever anticipated. So, I mean, it's just such a wild ride, and uh, I love running shoes. So, what better way to share that with everybody else than YouTube?
0: There you go, yeah, absolutely right. And one of the things that I love about the the YouTubers that who who do shoe reviews is it's not just about the shoes, right? It's about their personality, how they present themselves, how they present the topic, and the people who don't take themselves too seriously. In these videos are the ones that like I connect with beyond just like knowing their stuff about shoes, right? That's kind of, like the minimum standard, but it's always fun. Like, it's why I love talk, like love hearing you. I love like the Ginger Runner, uh, Jamie, Kafuzi. Uh, Those are like my top four. Like, you guys all do such great work, so I'm so excited to get into it. I guess the first thing is there are just so many shoes out there that when how what, what's your your like decision matrix. In terms of which shoes to actually review, because I feel like there's like no shortage of possible considerations in terms of reasons to choose a shoe. Never mind the shoes themselves.
1: Yeah, well, for for starters, um, I get a lot of requests to review certain shoes, like in my comments and stuff like that. So I always take that in, into consideration because uh, not only is that what the what the viewer wants to see, but I always. Also, am surprised by those shoes. Like, for example, like the Triumph Seventeen was not a shoe that I thought about picking up, but so many people requested me to review it, so I picked it up, and it ended up being like one of my favorite shoes. So that's one way that I sort of determine what's going to be next in the lineup. And then another thing is, um, you know, uh, things that interest me, what what I like to run in. Uh, so. that has shifted a bit, but generally um, like max cushion shoes and softer shoes that are a little bit easier on the legs, stuff like that. um, That's another way. And then of course, I am affiliated with Running Warehouse now and they come to me and they ask me, do you want to try this shoe, this shoe, this shoe? And I almost always say yes, because I can't get enough of trying different running shoe technology. So that's pretty much how I determine it. And then trying to fit them into a rotation is a whole other is a whole other situation that gets kind of crazy. But it's, I'm so grateful to be able to try all these shoes
0: in general. I know, right? Part of you must be like, man, I should really start running like 150 miles a week. So I can really cycle through these things like a little bit faster, because there's so many things to so many shoes to wear. Um, and yeah, I can only imagine. So what one thing that I was wondering, when you have these choices to make, is if, if you ever consider like, like market fit, like but like it's within your own industry. Like, do you ever think, like, all right, like I should try? Let's just do like the Endorphin Speed, which I know you're a huge fan of. Like, mm-hmm. should I try the Endorphin Speed because it's a really popular shoe? A lot of people are interested in it, and I know that it would be you know an interesting thing. Or do you look at it like, no, like everyone's going to be reviewing the Endorphin Speed. Maybe I should choose this other shoe, and I'll be like the only person like on that block. Like, do those considerations ever come up?
1: Yeah, um, I definitely look at what's popular and what's sort of like the hot shoe at that moment and want to review that because I'm not not only am I interested in it, but I know the viewers are very interested in it. Um, and then there also are some shoes that I have reviewed that I didn't think would do well at all. And some of them are like my most rev- watched videos on my channel. <laughs> so, you know even if a shoe is not popular in that moment or I don't think it's going to do well or it doesn't interest me necessarily, um, it's definitely worth doing because you never know what people are looking for. And if it's a shoe that doesn't get a lot of traction um, from other YouTubers or you know reviewers online, then uh, people are going to click it and people are going to be interested in seeing what you think. So Yeah. It's a little bit of both. It's a little of like, well, maybe people haven't seen enough of this shoe and also everyone wants to see this shoe. So let's review that as well.
0: All right. So you have a lot of shoes that you can review and do review. If you weren't doing reviews and you just had like a normal shoe rotation for your running and there were no other extraneous factors, you know, pushing you to, to, to wear certain shoes or things like that, what would your shoe rotation look like in terms of the kinds of shoes that you would wear over like a a one week or two week rotation?
1: Yeah, so for a recovery day shoe, I would definitely pick the Bondi 7. I just actually recently reviewed that one. Um, Such a cushioned shoe, so comfortable and so easy on the legs just for a day where you want to keep your heart rate down and just go easy. Um, For a regular daily trainer, I'd probably pick... Another Hoka, but the Clifton 7. That's uh, still a max cushion shoe, but a little more lightweight, uh, easier to pick up the pace a bit if you want to do that. Uh, For a tempo day shoe, you know, I'm going to pick the Endorphin Speed from Saucony. (laughs) It's kind of a no brainer. Um, And for a race day shoe, you know, I would say probably the Endorphin Pro from Saucony, but, you know, I hate to say this because everybody probably says this too, but. The Vaporfly next percent is another one that I would reach for uh, and have reached for in an actual race. I PR'd my half marathon last November in that shoe. So I can't I can't roll my eyes at it too much because I I have had good experiences in it. But I think that would be my running shoe rotation if I didn't have to review a bunch of different shoes.
0: Yeah. All right, that, that makes a lot of sense. All right, let me just say one add one thing. I forgot James Damore. I have like a top five shoe reviewers. I don't know why I forgot James, but he's the the other guy I subscribe to. All right, um, all right. So basically, you're thinking like a, kind of like a three three type of shoe model: the easy day, the daily trainer, and then like the um tempo day shoe. It's kind of like it would be your normal like weekly or twice weekly rotation.
1: Yes, yeah, that's that's how I would how I would do it for myself. Yeah.
0: All right, that makes a lot of sense. All right, so the daily trainer one is one that I know a lot of people go back and forth with in terms of like what they want to get out of that. Right. Cause you have like, all right, you obviously want the cushioning aspect, but you also want it to have a little pep and there's a lot of shoes that can do that. It's kind of like the most popular, like shoe uh, category for a lot of folks. And even in terms of people's preferences, it, it changes, right? Like I saw like, even for you, right? Like I saw a video, Three days ago, where you had like you had your your favorite daily trainer, she was not the one that you just mentioned. So yeah, it
1: went back and forth between the Ride Thirteen and the Clifton, um, but it's really a toss up with those two for me at the moment.
0: Right, exactly. So when you think about your daily training shoes, what are the things that you look for in that category? Um, I guess we'll just start there.
1: Yeah. So I guess for a daily trainer, what I look for what what fits my needs is i do like cushion i i really come from like before i started really doing youtube reviews i loved max cushion shoes that was like my thing I, I couldn't get enough cushioning under my foot um but that's kind of shifted a bit but if i'm looking for a daily trainer definitely want some cushioning underfoot, whether it's you know a lot or maybe just a, a more moderate now Um, I want an upper that's going to be breathable, but I don't want something that's going to be too breathable where in colder months, like we're in now, um, my toes are going to be freezing whether I'm wearing a thicker sock or not, you know? Uh, And then for an outsole, I want some rubber. I want some rubber that's going to provide me good traction, but at the same time, I don't like outsoles that are too firm and, kind of negatively impact the midsole and the way the shoe rides. I've had that happen a couple of times and I'm not a big fan of that. So I want some rubber, but I want it to be flexible and forgiving enough that it's not going to negatively impact my experience with my stride and stuff like that.
0: And where for a daily trainer does weight play a part for you?
1: Yeah, so I think a lot of other reviewers and stuff really focus on weight and while that is absolutely important um it's not something that i totally like focus on uh it it, it matters i mean if the shoe is 13 ounces i'm I'm gonna feel it everybody else is gonna feel it uh but but if a shoe is like 10 ounces or so yeah it's heavy but it's not like Uh, a deal breaker for me. So I definitely notice it, but it's not something that I harp on so much, if that makes sense.
0: Yeah. This is something that I go back and forth on with, with daily trainers. Cause like, I definitely prefer lighter shoes, but then I'm like, all right, do I really need it for the daily trainer? Like, is that really like a determining factor over like, comfort or longevity um i would say it can be like durability of just the midsole and the outsole um and shoot even in some cases the upper which like hopefully that's not the first thing that goes on a a running shoe um but yes like i'm I'm wearing a pair of shoes right now i'm like they're pretty light i'm like i hope i didn't choose these just because of the weight like as opposed to like an up tempo shoe which i feel like it's definitely like one of like the higher priorities for me when i'm choosing like a fast shoe
1: yeah i think in terms of daily trainers, it should not be the focus. Um, like I said, obviously if a shoe is very, very heavy, like 13 ounces and 12 ounces. Yeah. I mean, that's a little bit, that's a little bit crazy. Um, but I mean, if you like a shoe and it, and it does well for you on runs, a daily trainer is not supposed to be something that you're trying to run your, your tempo days. in. that's what tempo day shoes are for. Those shoes are meant to be light. They're supposed to be the ones that should be to me personally, like, like really like Under nine ounces um but under eight ounces really but i mean for a daily trainer if it does the job if it gets it done it gets you through those longer mileage days then that's really all that matters to me
0: yeah absolutely all right let's talk about some of your favorite shoes of 2020 we're recording this it's december 4th you know 2020 has basically come to an end from a shoe perspective and i can't wait to talk about 2021 um what you're what you're excited to run in um but from a 2020 perspective since we're on daily trainers, we'll just stick here. You mentioned the Ride 13 from Saucony. You mentioned the Clifton 7. What were some of the, like, again, Obviously, and you know you did a video on this, like your top five shoes, what were the ones that you really liked? And when you talk about the differences between them, what were the things that really pushed the ones that you loved over the top compared to the ones that you really liked but didn't quite get to that next level?
1: Yeah, um, well, like I said, the Ride 13 was my top in that video, and the Clifton 7, and another one that I really liked was the Triumph 17, which was not something that I was going to pick up for myself, like I said earlier. Um, and an honorable mention on that list also was the Nimbus Light 1, and it didn't make the top five. And the reason why it didn't, and some of the others did, uh, was because the midsole was cushioned, but there wasn't any, like, like real life to it. Um, and the upper was a little bit outdated. So I think what pushed like the ride 13 to the top of that list is like, while it's a firmer shoe, I do feel some response, which is such a buzzword now, but I do feel some response and the, the missile kind of like talks back, like (laughs) you, you hit I'm trying to figure out how to explain like, what I mean by it talks back, like you step on it in your stride and it bounces back and it works with you in your stride. And that is what pushed some of my top choices to the front of the list. Whereas some of the other choices on there, I think it was like the 1080 V10 as well was on there. Um, That's another really good shoe, but uh, the midsole, that fresh foam midsole isn't as responsive as The Power Run from Saucony and even the Clifton's EVA with that MetaRocker technology, that just helps to roll you forward. And for for Saucony, again, the Power Run Plus Midsole and the Triumph 17, that's a very responsive, cushioned foam. I mean, that's one of the best foams of 2020, I would say. Um, So it really has to be a balance between cushioned and also going to give you a little pep in your step.
0: Yeah, I love the liveliness factor in shoes it's like you just feel like they're just more fun to run in right like i love the feeling of a running shoe where it's like you feel like you have to like just tap the brakes every once in a while because it has that like that little kick to it you really get into it um as opposed to like that kind of like softish dead feeling i'm like all right like i can tell these are like supporting me and there's comfort there but yeah like you mentioned like there's no um there's no, it's not really propelling you forward a little bit. It's much more like kind of jogging with pillows on your feet.
1: Yeah, well, I think it, it's so interesting that you say that because I think a couple of years back, everyone was so focused on like max cushion and you couldn't get enough cushioning under your foot. I mean, that was the trend. So. Now we're kind of shifting where we still have a lot of cushion underfoot, but now we're trying to make those foams a little more responsive, a little more lively. Again, another buzz phrase, like more energy return, Um, which I think is a step in a positive direction because those really, really cushioned shoes, they can sometimes feel you're sinking down into that midsole. And I think it's nice when you have a foam, especially in a daily trainer that, um, that has a little bit of energy return because maybe some days you'll be surprised about you you looked at your watch you'll be like oh wow like i c- i can't believe i'm going this pace and i'm really like not making so much of an effort like it's a lot easier to go faster uh so i think that's a really good step in the right direction for the running shoe industry in general
0: yeah and it's funny cuz now like the kinds of foams that are in running shoes are like getting so much more press than like i can ever remember right <laughs> like i can be like for like two decades it was like everyone had an eva foam an eva midsole and that was like, it, it like it wasn't even like a talking point, you know what I mean? It was like that's just everyone had an EVA midsole. Uh, well, let's just move on. It would be like to, like like to to extend this house analogy that I used before with Zillow to its breaking point. It would be like talking about like a house being like it has a concrete foundation. You'd be like, well, yeah, no kidding, dude. Like <laughs> we know that and it's a foundation. Um, and whereas now it's like you can just start rattling off like different kinds of midsoles, and they're like um, they're for so many people. Like immediately, like connected to the brand itself. Right. You're like, Oh, power run. You're like, Oh, that's Saucony. Right. Or like, you know, and you go from there, like, or like, Hey, we're about a flight foam. You're like, Oh, that's Asics. You know? And it's like this, th- it's this whole thing.
1: I think brands now are, are like kind of, they are, yeah. Like they're defined by their midsole foams. <laughs> like that's what I, that's what I think of every time I think of a brand like you'd give me a brand and I can I automatically think of what midsole and how I like that midsole and that's what my mind goes to and I think that's how a lot of people think of running shoe brands now in general it's all midsole all the time
0: right which is where I think it's like so mind-boggling to me when like certain companies will like give a certain midsole like a name like I'll I'll, I'm not going to talk in generalities I'll just say it out loud like when New Balance talks about like their fuel cell midsole, it's like that doesn't just mean one thing, though. It's like depending on the shoe that you pick up, it can mean almost anything in terms of like its stiffness, its responsiveness and, and its softness. Where it's like, why, they, why do you even put a name on it if you're going to like alter it for every single shoe you put it in? And then it's like, wait, I don't, I don't get the point of this.
1: Yeah. There's a lot of, you know, I was thinking about that today too. There's a lot of uh, that going on in the running shoe industry, like ASICs too, like flight foam. There's all different kinds of flight foam. And depending on what shoe you're running in, it feels different in each shoe. You know, that's another example of that. And I've had that experience too in fresh foam shoes with New Balance. Like they feel different depending on what shoe you're running in. Fuel Cell, like you said, is another great example of that. And even Hyper Burst too from Skechers. Like they all feel different for the most part in, in different shoes. So, I mean, yeah, it's good to kind of put them under the same umbrella, but I, sometimes I do wish there was a little bit more definition uh, in, within the broad category of like flight foam. I mean, there is a little bit of that now with flight foam blast and that sort of thing. Um, But for like fuel cell and fresh foam, I wish there was a little bit more like, uh, I wish they would kind of like differentiate between like what kind of fresh one is being used where and how much th- like the density of it.
0: Right, like if they just like put in like the durometer number, right? Durometer being like like how soft. Like you put, let's say you put your finger in, like you put your thumb into the midsole of your running shoe, like how deep it goes in. I think it's like the durometer scale or whatever. Like I would love it if like they would just be like, all right, fuel cell, and then like almost like an exponent on like the back of it, like. Thirty-five or fifty-five, right? Almost like a sleep number bed, right? Like, oh, I know what that means.
1: That's not a bad idea, actually. Like, just so you get a feel of what you're going to be working with here. Like, if it's going to be too firm for you, or if it's going to be too soft for you, you know, it's just something that I think needs to be kind of figured out a little bit better. But you know, some companies are doing that, so I can't, I can't knock, can't knock them all. You know,
0: no, for sure, for sure. Anything, shoot, I'm not going to like get on these companies like the 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 quickness with which we're seeing so many innovations is really exciting because like it makes me want to buy all the shoes so i'm like I oh know. look at this one look at that one right um which is really kind of exciting um all right so we talked about um what's it called oh, i'm losing my mind here we talked about daily trainers there we go uh so let's talk about Up tempo threshold day shoes. So, not necessarily racers, but certainly ones that if you were so inclined, you could use in a race, Uh, but much more thinking about like workout days. You mentioned before you're a huge fan of the Endorphin Speed, which does have a nylon plate in it, um, as opposed to a carbon plated shoe that we see with a lot of racers, especially marathon racers. What are some other threshold up tempo day shoes that you're a big fan of? Yeah.
1: So, I think another one that I really like, and it's Pretty simple, actually, compared to like the speed would be the Rincon 2. Uh, That was a pretty good shoe for me. I love the one. And the reason why I say it's simple is because it's a pretty basic upper. And it's also just an EVA midsole. I mean, there's really no special like, secret responsive foam in there. It's just EVA. But I think what makes that shoe so great is A, it's lightweight and B, it has a rocker technology that you really do feel when you're rolling through your stride. I'm a huge fan of any running shoe brand that wants to put a rocker tech into their shoe. I think it only obviously helps the runner. So I really enjoy the Rincon. Kind of bad on durability. uh, So that's not so great, but I mean, if that's the one thing I'm going to say to knock it, it's a tempo day shoe. It shouldn't be used every day, so I'll, I'll give them a pass there. Uh, and then a couple other shoes that I liked, and and these one of them was on my top five tempo days, but the other one wasn't. Uh, the the Atreyu base model shoe was on there, and that is a really simple shoe. But I got to tell you, I really enjoy that shoe and it's not something that I thought I I would honestly like because it's so basic it's low to the ground and I thought it was gonna be way too firm for me but that's a good come. you know they are really like on the come up and I am very impressed with everything that I've tried from them so far
0: I'm a big fan of them too I got two pairs I'm looking at two pairs right now as I'm talking to you um And yeah, I'm a fan of it too. And I was worried about using it as a daily trainer because it's—I mean—I think it's like five ounces. (laughs) You're like, oh my gosh, like this is like what Chris McDougall was talking about in like Born to Run when he was like, buy like the cheapest shoe you can, and then you'll save your legs forever or whatever. (laughs) Whatever the 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 point of that that whole diatribe was, but it—it's like it is so simplistic, and you're like, this can't stand. this won't last right I'm this is this is gonna work out and not that it's supposed to be a 500 mile shoe there's literally no rubber on the outside of it at all uh, so it does have a short shelf life but I was a fan of it too um and I'm really excited for version two of their base model have you have you tried that
1: I haven't uh, I've talked to the guys at a trade. first of all are awesome so so nice great customer surfi- service service um, I've talked to Michael about it I I think eventually I'll be getting it. I know that the, the people that believe in the run have it, so I'm very jealous, but um, I think it's going to be great. If it feels anything like – if it's a mix between their base model shoe that is currently out and their carbon fiber plated shoe that I've tried, if it's a mesh and a blend of those two, then it's going to be really good. I think it's going to have just the right amount of cushioning underfoot, and it's still – light i think it might even be don't quote me on this but i think it might even be lighter than their current base model which i don't even know how that is possible so
0: that's what the believe in the run guy said they said it was like at least in like the men's maybe it was if it was thomas who was talking instead of robbie who was i think they are the two people who did the review if it was thomas who's a bigger guy he always does like his the weight of like the shoe he wears not like the traditional like nine nine for men uh eight for women yeah. And I think he was I think he basically said it was a, it was an ounce lighter, which is like how do you make that shoe an ounce lighter? Like doesn't make any sense. Are you just turning into a sandal? I mean I, did, I don't even get it.
1: I, you know, I think it goes back to this concept that I've been talking about in, in a couple of my videos lately and I think it's that we get so wrapped up in all of this crazy technology and the this responsive foam and this nitrogen infused foam and this you know, pvax based foam that we forget that, you know, before all of that existed, people were just running in very simple shoes and they were doing just fine. And sometimes for me personally too, it's really nice to just run in a shoe that works and doesn't have all this crazy technology underfoot. I mean, don't get me wrong. I love running shoe technology, but sometimes I just want to wear a simple shoe. And if I'm going to do that, they are going to be, the Atreus are going to be the ones that I grab without a doubt.
0: All right, we're going to we're going to hover on Atreyu for a second here, even though we're like, this is a, a very long tangent from what <laughs> we're talking about with up shoes. But I did pre-order the artist, which is their carbon fiber shoe. Uh, I pre-ordered it a couple months ago and I'm excited for it to come out. You've tried it on. Tell me about it. I'm really excited to hear more.
1: Oh, it's it's really good. Uh, it's super lightweight. Really, really, really lightweight, just like the base model. Uh, the upper is the same. So if you like the upper of the base model, then you're going to be set in the shoe. Uh, and then the foam is it's, I'm trying to compare it to something else that I've, that I've run in before. It's kind of like, like the new balance TC it's, it's, it's soft. It's a very soft feeling. Um, but with mixed with the carbon plate, you do get a nice push off the toe. So that was great. Um, and the outsole, I mean, it's, It's very interesting the outsole because it is just like one slab of rubber, but it's it's smooth. Like it looks like the traction wouldn't be good, but if you look closely, there's like a little bit of traction pattern on there, and it really gets the job done. And I've taken it on wet surfaces, dry surfaces, whatever the case may be, and it really does perform. So I think uh, they have they really have something here because all of these carbon fiber plated shoes are so expensive. I mean, they are the most expensive shoes on the market. And now they're going to have a shoe that's a carbon plate that works amazing. And it's going to be $100. I mean, that's just like, that's insane in 2020. And in 2021, I'm sure it'll be just as insane.
0: Right. I mean, basically, what you're getting is it's lighter than basically any shoe in the market, no matter whether it's carbon plate or not. I mean, yeah. it's like, like if you buy a shoe for a hundred bucks, you're like, oh, how long is this thing going to last me? Like, it's almost one of those things where like, you know, it's almost like when you price something so low, it makes people skeptical. Well, you're like, all right, well, what's wrong with this thing? Why is it only that price, right? Is this thing going to fall apart on my foot? Like, why would you only charge that?
1: Yeah, no, I, there's nothing to, that I have discovered so far. There's nothing wrong with this shoe. It's just very affordable. And that's what we need these days. So, they're doing a really good job. I got to give it to them. Every time I can bring them up and talk about how great their shoes are, I do. So today's no different.
0: <laughs> you go. Well, I'm excited to try it. That's for sure. All right. So you mentioned for the up-tempo shoes, we talked about the atray. we talked about the Endorphin Speed, we talked about the Rincon 2.
1: Yeah, there's one more that I would put in that category now that I really like, but um, I didn't have it in my Tempo Day video because I didn't have it yet, but Believe it or not, I actually do enjoy the Nike Tempo Next% Percent, and that's a whole different shoe because I mean, that has the most technology in it that <laughs> that could ever be imagined on the market. I mean, Nike pretty much threw every single form of tech they've ever created into the midsole of the shoe and a lot of people don't like it, but I actually do. And it was really enjoy- enjoyable. I took it on like a 10 mile run and I felt like I was honestly flying. It, it's definitely a little bit strange underfoot, but uh, it's one Shoe that I gotta say I was expecting to hate, and I actually ended up liking
0: that is interesting yeah i I just I used to be a big Nike person as someone who has like a thinner foot um Nike used to always work really well for me, whereas like some of like the wider shoes I'm you know, thinking like um and this isn't just for running, this is kind of like across various sports like they just they just wouldn't fit like I have to tie them so tight to make them work, whereas like and i don't know if my foot has changed or if just shoes have changed. But, like, Nike for me, the um, where the arch is in the footbed just doesn't work for me anymore. It's so wild. So, like, with some of these shoes, I just I don't end up buying them. I think the last ones I bought were the Pegasus 36, and I ended up getting, like, a little foot problem. Like, I thought I had to go see a doctor. I just stopped wearing the shoes, and it went away. And it was too bad because, like, I loved everything about it. I loved the Ups. I loved the literally every single part of the shoe I was such a fan of. So it was like one of those like heartbreaking moments where like, I can't believe I have to retire this shoe after 50 miles. Like I love this shoe, but it just doesn't fit my foot.
1: Yeah, that is, that's the worst. I, I don't actually have any like real problems with Nike's. So that's good. I mean, I did get a little PF issue from the first, like the OG 4%. But I mean, that was when I first started running a carbon fiber-plated shoes. So that's probably why. (laughs) Um, But yeah, I mean it's strange how technology can positively impact or negatively impact a person just depending on their foot type. But that shoe is, a good, is good. I mean, it, it's not as lightweight as the others on the list, but uh, it, it it gets the job done. Again, I ran, a, I ran it like a nice 10 mile run. I've done other runs in it and I don't really see all of the negative stuff that other people are saying, but I mean, I guess that's the beauty of having all different running shoe reviewers is that we all have, different experiences
0: yeah and i see a lot of people that i know running in them who aren't you know they're not on the nike list and they're not like you know reviewing them either right they're just buying with their own money and they seem to really like them so they're definitely shoes i see all over the place that's for sure all right so let's those are shoes that you're a big fan of and you videos that kind of correspond with this that i would definitely tell people to go check out Uh, it really is well done what is if you can remember back what was your first like favorite running shoe
1: oh that's easy that's a no brainer right off the top. That's the original Clifton one, which has like a cult following now and <laughs> in, in the running community, but it was the Clifton one. That shoe really got me into running shoe technology in general. Before that, I was running in like Asics GT 1000 or 2000 I, and it's no knock to a6 You know, they make a lot of shoes now that I really like, but um, I wanted to try something different. Went to my local running shoe store and tried these on and it was like nothing I had ever felt. And this was like in 2014. So right. I think this was like right at the height of like the max cushioned shoe movement, or it was just kind of beginning, just starting to really pick up and, you know, be the big thing on the market. Uh, And I was just like totally in love. I had those shoes for so long. I exclusively wore Clifton's for years after getting that shoe. So definitely the Clifton one.
0: That is awesome. I can, I can totally see that, especially if you're going from like, again, not, not all shoes are, uh, are the same and they certainly evolve over time, but going from like the GT series to that, it, I can see it being a, a pretty distinct change.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was unlike anything I I ever experienced before that. And like I said, it, it really like got me interested in running shoe technology. And that's when I started to look at all the different shoes on the market and study kind of like what they were using in their midsoles. And it was so interesting because when the Clifton one came out, it seemed like every other brand, all these major brands like Nike and Saucony and new balance, they were all trying to make their own Clifton one, but I gotta be honest. I think like no brand really does max cushion as good as Hoka does. So that's one that's one thing I will say. I, I there's a lot of different max cushion shoes on the market now, but if you look at kind of the timeline of max cushion shoes, Hoka Hoka's had it the whole time and the Clifton 1 was the beginning of all that, I think.
0: All right, let's go to the opposite. Is there a shoe that has been, you know, broadly loved from a wide variety of people that you just despite your best efforts just could not get into?
1: Oh, yeah. I was actually talking to Jamie about this maybe like two or three days ago. The Brooks Hyperion Tempo. I just don't like that shoe. I have tried so hard to like that shoe and I just can't get into it. It's not for me. I I don't feel the response underfoot. I don't feel the cushion. I don't know. Maybe (laughs) maybe I have like a defect pair or something, but I just don't I don't see the hype personally.
0: That is such a great answer because I was not expecting that at all. I literally, you're the first person I've ever even seen have like a negative word of saying about it because I, I've never run in it. So I don't have a dog in this fight, but that was one of those shoes. I was like, should I get this shoe? Should I not? Like it was kind of like a, a win, not if scenario because so many people have expressed such a deep love for that shoe. Um, that is interesting that that was the one. All right, I'm, so what was, I guess, what was the expectation that you had going into it? And then what was the reality for you?
1: Well, so this was around the time of like the Olympic tr- marathon trials. And uh, I actually, I didn't get that shoe from any warehouse or anything. Like I, I really wanted to try it. I, I bought it with my own money. And um, my expectation was that it was going to be kind of like the Skechers razor, but better. Like just more efficient, just a better Cre- created foam and I mean I just it just kind of fell flat for me I, I don't I don't see the hype the, the midsole just doesn't work for me and I know that I am alone on this <laughs> by a long shot because so many other YouTubers rave, and, and not even YouTubers just like people and runners in general they just rave about this shoe. but I was hoping for cushioned I was hoping for response and I just kind of got I don't know. Just what I can say is flat. Flat is really the word that comes to mind.
0: Well, I'm glad that you said that because now I don't feel this pressure to try that shoe so much that I I definitely (laughs) felt it inside. Like I, um, I'm actually expecting the shoe. Literally, the shoe could come while we're talking. I did buy um a discounted version uh because i know like basically asics is coming out just like all these other shoe companies as well coming out go through 2021s in a little bit so i did buy uh an asics evo ride um okay that'll come really soon i'm really excited for it for my for my tempo days and my up tempo days um and i got it for like 40 percent off or something right so i was really excited but i was about to press you know checkout or whatever and i'm like should i go should i go for the brooks should i do it should i do it so now i'm feeling so good about my choice so thank you emily for putting my mind at ease regarding that one
1: yeah no problem the the Evil ride's a good shoe it's a little firm for me but just that as a that's just a perfect personal preference thing but it's a good shoe i mean the the meta rocker on that shoe is pretty noticeable and it's easy to go fast so i think you'll really like it
0: all right this is a good point so when you're doing reviews for shoes, how do you balance the idea of what works for you personally in your preferences and your feet versus the broader, like, audience view of what this shoe could be?
1: Yeah, that's a good question. So, um, I can use my. I think I'll use, like, my my best friend as an example. She likes shoes that are a little bit firmer. So when I'm running in a shoe and I think it's, like, too firm or too flat, I always think, like, well, would Kate like this shoe? Like, is it something that she could use? Because then, like, people who are not big fans of high-cushion shoes like me, like they like her, she, she, they might really enjoy the shoe. So I'm always like, oh, would Kate like this shoe? And then I just kind of just think, like, you know, like, just because it's not max cushion – just because it's not something that I would gravitate to, you know, there's so many different preferences out there for different runners. And every runner I talk to has a different preference. So while my reviews and while my reviews are basically just my opinion uh, and, and how it worked for me, I do try to say, like at the end of my reviews, you know, if or during them, if you're a person who likes XYZ, then this might really work for you. Or if you're a person who, you know, has this opposite feeling about this kind of midsole or really likes breathable uppers that are going to make your toes freeze to death in the winter, then you might really like this shoe. Um, so That I does sound very balance.
0: appetizing. Who wouldn't want that?
1: <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> but, you know, I, I, I because I've been running um, with, you know, the same two people for so long, I, I mean, I, and we have di- very different tastes on shoes. I do kind of try to think about like, huh, like, what would they like? And would they like the shoe better than I would? Because, um, you know, I have a very specific taste kind of when it comes to that stuff.
0: All right. So we're doing a lot of 2020 talk, which is great because, you know, these are these shoes are, are still um, very available and a lot of them are still full price. They're not even on discount yet. Um, and that's, a, that's an important piece. However, 2021 is right around the corner. A lot of people are going to listen to this in 2021. Uh, so let's talk about some of the shoes that are going to be coming out relatively soon, or are, or are just hitting the market now, what are you? Either you've already run in them, so you're well aware of them, or shoes that um are you're about to get your hands on that you're just really excited about.
1: Yeah, so I was going to ask you if I could divide it into that, like Let's the shoes do it. I've tried. That- For okay, so shoes that I try that I've tried that I'm excited for other people to get their hands on. Uh, Nimbus Light 2, I think that's a really good upgrade to the current Nimbus Light. People are gonna really like that. Um, believe it or not, the ASICS Hyperspeed that shoe has been out before years ago, but they just brought it back. And that's a shoe that I thought I was not gonna like, and I love it. So I think other people will as well.
0: Can I jump in there?
1: Yeah, go for it, jump in.
0: I saw someone review that shoe and they were like, listen, this you're not gonna expect me to say this, but you could wear this on the long run. Like it is not so crazy in terms of its lightness and it's, you know, kind of like 5K race um, look that you couldn't just wear it on a longer day. Um, not that it would be like what you'd wear all the time, but I was surprised. You know, they they basically couch it as you'll be surprised when I say this. And I was, and they were like, just effusive in their praise about the shoe?
1: Yeah, it's a really good shoe. For me, I think I'd probably cap it at like 10 miles. I don't think I'd run a half in it. I definitely want to run a full in it. Just That's just my how my legs work personally. But um, I ran a 10K in it for like a Asics Ekaden virtual challenge. And I loved it. And that is not something I would ever grab. <laughs> so I have to stress that. Like, I really think that people are going to enjoy it. And it's 90 freaking dollars. So, I mean, at that point, you might as well just pick it up for the price alone and just see what we're talking about. But it's a really good shoe. Um, And then another one that I'm excited for other people to try, just because I'm interested to see what they think about it versus the first version of the shoe, is uh, the Hoka Carbon X2. That's another one that I'm excited for people to... Compare to the first version and see if uh, they like it better. I definitely like it better, but I'm just one person, so I can't wait to see what the masses think.
0: Yeah, let me talk to you about that one because I've seen—I think I've watched like eight reviews on this shoe, which which probably tells you more about my life in terms of what I do with my time than than I probably should let on. <laughs> let on. But uh, I don't even own the shoe. I don't even know why I'm watching all these reviews. But um, I do the same. Nice. <laughs> you could probably do it as like, yeah, I'm doing market research here. You know what I mean? I don't even know <laughs> why I'm doing it, but it's um, how would you categorize it? Because it seems like it isn't necessarily a race shoe um, in terms of like its weight compared to maybe some other shoes. Um, but again, I, this is just me, you know, this is kind of like a meta analysis of the reviews I've seen. How would you categorize this shoe um, from a, from when to use it perspective?
1: I'm really glad you asked me this question because this is something that I actually talked about in my review and I find so interesting. So not to go off on a tangent, but you look at the carbon, the the first carbon X. And I think that Hoka wanted to market that as their race day marathon shoe, right? And it was a little too heavy. It didn't really work out that way. Then fast forward to the Olympic marathon trials and they come out with the rocket X and now that's their marathon shoe. And the Hoka Carbon X kind of is like in this weird limbo of like, what am I? So now we have the Carbon X2. And I think the idea behind that, whether Hoka says so or not, is I think that's really like the Tempo Day shoe. And you can a Tempo Day shoe that you can also race in. And the Carbon and the Rocket X rather is really like the marathon day racer that competes with the Vaporflies and the Endorphin Pros and all that stuff. So I think the... The, um, the position in their lineup of the Carbon X has really shifted over time. So I would say now it's more of like a tempo day shoe that you can race in if you just want to have one shoe to do both of those things. Um, but really it's not so much what it was once marketed as.
0: All right. Let me, let me pose something to you and see if it sticks because it also seemed like looking at what everyone said about this shoe, that it also could be marketed as basically like a carbon fiber shoe for the masses right? Like the people who run like the four to four and a half hour marathons who don't want to buy a shoe that like after 70 miles, like the midsole is going to flop, right? And so they don't want to like, I don't want to spend 250 bucks to wear this shoe three times, right? And like, I'm going to run a marathon, like I'm running for four hours. Like, do I really need this shoe that like Kipchoge's wearing, right? Like it seemed like it, it might fit that genre, but I don't even know how you market to that genre necessarily when it comes to a racer.
1: Yeah, so I feel two ways about that. So in terms of the Carbon X Two, yes, I think it's a really good shoe for someone who uh, maybe doesn't want to spend two hundred and fifty dollars on a carbon plated shoe. It works really well. It's a very smooth ride, and you're going to get a lot of the same, uh, a lot of the same special things that you get from carbon fiber plated shoes uh, that are more expensive. You're going to get that in the Carbon X Two, and the great thing about it is that you can also. Traded it so it's less money and you can do multiple things with it. So, yeah, if you're running a four, four and a half hour marathon, then sure, that's great for you. But there's a big but here. I am a big believer in any person of any marathon time can wear any shoe. So, if you are wearing, first of all, I'm like a, the last marathon I ran, I ran a 415. Like, I am in no way an elite marathoner by any means. So, if you want to wear an X percent, if you want to wear the endorphin pro, if you want to wear the alpha fly and you're running a four hour marathon, I I'm a big, I'm a big believer in saying, go for it. I think those shoes can only help people no matter what their times are for any distance. Um, But that being said, yes, if you don't want to spend $250, because you're only going to run in the shoe three times, then the carbon X2 and lower end uh, carbon plated shoes, are a really good option for that.
0: I'm glad you brought that up because I know there was a research study that came out late spring talking about the next percent. And it was interesting because I know up to that point, so kind of like the conjecture was like, if you're not running at least a seven minute mile pace, they didn't know like, people just assumed like maybe the carbon fiber wouldn't work as well for that group because just the ground force wasn't going to be the same or whatever terminology they were using. And then this paper came out that basically said, the benefits of that kind of shoe were even across the board, no matter the pace. And I remember being like, holy cow, I think this is like the first time in the history of the shoe industry where like the marketing undersold the shoe.
1: Yeah. you know, I think it's personally like I, I see on a lot of forums and Facebook groups, this sort of like elitist mentality that if you're running the only person who can wear a carbon plated shoe in a race is like a six minute miler. And I just, I just think that that's like totally like, BS. Honestly, <laughs> I'm just going to shoot it straight. I can say that, right?
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. absolutely. Uh, you, you, you didn't yeah, even have yeah. to use, you didn't even have to use the okay. acronym Emily could just let it fly.
1: Okay, great. Well, it's bullshit. So I think anybody can wear any shoe they want. And I, and I, I don't like this whole thing where we're shaming people who have like Air quotes, slower paces. I mean, uh, I I did not run my last marathon in a carbon plated shoe, not because I didn't think I could, but just because I didn't want to. But um, now I, I've gotten a little bit faster, yes. But now I would definitely try, try to reach for a carbon plated shoe. But like, regardless of that, like anybody can run in any shoe that they want, as long as it works for you and it's not going to injure you. That's really like the main thing.
0: Well said. All right. What are the shoes that you haven't tried yet that you're like any day now? Can't wait for this sucker to get to my house.
1: <laughs> yeah. So I'm really excited for the ride 14, which is not exactly like this, a super interesting shoe, I guess, to some other people, but I love the 13. So that's one definitely suck any ride 14. Oh, um, just so you know,
0: I bought the ride 13 after watching your review. I was like,
1: yeah, all right, you like.
0: right. I'm, 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 I'm getting it. I'm getting it. This, this, this pushed me over the edge.
1: Well, I hope you like it Do you though.
0: This has it comes in like three days, so we'll see.
1: Oh, wow! Okay, it's not there yet. Okay, no. Okay, good. <laughs> well, you'll have to let me know if you like it.
0: No, I'm excited for it. It was one of those shoes. I think we all have them. there. like it was in my orbit for a long time, but it was like right, I don't need a shoe yet, or like oh, I just wasn't ready to pull the trigger yet. And then finally, like your review was like what pushed me over the edge.
1: Yeah, it's a really solid shoes. So, and and because of that, I'm very excited to see what the 14 is going to bring, what the, how they're going to improve upon it. I would love to see a little more midsole cushioning, just a little bit, uh, but that's one of them. And then another shoe that I'm really excited for that I loved in the very beginning of, well, actually maybe it was more like the very beginning, like the, the end of 2019, but I love this, the 1080 V10 from New Bounds. And I know that I'm going to be able to try the 11. So that's another shoe I'm very excited for. I can't wait to see what they do with that. Um, and I'm trying to think if there's any others that I'm particularly excited for. I mean have you have, I would you, love tried to... the,
0: have you tried the Mach 4? I see some people who have like just you know, I know the believe in the run guys like couldn't get enough of that thing.
1: I know, yeah. I, I am going to get the Mach 4 at some point, uh, but I don't have it yet. But I'm dying. That's actually a good shoe that I'm dying to get my hands on. Really excited about it because of just because of Believe in the Run, uh, their review and Jamie's review. It's a shoe that I am very much
0: anticipating.
1: And you know, another thing that I'm really excited to see, and I'm not sure that this is even gonna happen, is like what ASICs is gonna do with the Nova Blast. If they're yes, gonna do anything. This was with my it. next
0: question. I couldn't wait yeah. to ask this. I'm so glad you're doing into it.
1: Yeah, yeah. I, I'm very interested to see what they're gonna do with that shoe. I, it was it was really good, but some of the issues I had with it were st- as I wore the shoe more slightly, heading towards deal breaker land. So I'm hoping that they fix some of that stuff for 2021. If they are fixing it, I really don't actually know.
0: All right. So this was my, I have the Nova Blast and okay. I almost gave up on it. I was really close to giving up. So I tried it on the store and I was like, this is way too like soft, cushiony. I was like definitely, like some people just throw around the term trampoline effect. This is a trampoline. Yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> It just did. So I tried it on and I'm like, this is not for me. And then I couldn't like, again, this sounds like I'm like, I had a literal infatuation with the shoe, but I could not stop thinking about it for like two days. And I'm like, all right, there has to be a reason for this. So I went back, tried it again. I'm like, I'm just going to buy it. I don't really even know why. Uh, Cause I had such immediate reservations. Um, so I tried it on. I ran in it for like 30 miles. And I'm like, it's just too much. It's just too much. And, I put in the shelf literally for four months. Didn't touch it. I'm like, I have these brand new shoes. I bought my own money. Like, I should at least give these things a shot. So I started just like walking in them, like with my dog. And now I think they should have come with like a break-in warning, like on the shoe. Like you should have one of those warning signs. Be like, you need to break in this shoe before you judge it. Because once I did, I was an enormous fan.
1: Yeah, it's a, it's such a fun shoe that that's like the first word that comes to my mind when I think about the Nova blast is that it's really fun. And the flight foam blast is a, is a foam that I would love to see in more shoes. And I hope that they put that in, in some more shoes. I know they have it in like the Dynablast and then there's another one, I think, but I they I have it, like, it right.
0: mixed up with like the Amplifoam in the road blast, which is like such a, a random combination.
1: Yeah, I haven't tried the Roblast. I have tried the Dyna Blast, but I didn't review it. I might review it, but it doesn't. I'll tell you here, it doesn't feel as good as the Nova Blast. But one of the big deal killers for the Nova Blast for me was that it is very unstable. And somebody who already has an issue with overpronation, who all, I already pushed the envelope wearing a lot of <laughs> neutral shoes. Um, the Nova blast really like my ankle was basically breaking. Sometimes it like, <laughs> it didn't, it just wasn't a good look and it it ended up not feeling so great towards the end of like my 50 miles with it. Um, so yeah, I hope that they find a way to keep the characteristics of that foam and the way it feels, but also maybe, maybe make it like a little bit more stable.
0: That's my hope. Oh yeah, it is. It good luck going around the corner. if like, you're not, if you're not used to it. Um, yeah, that that was is such an interesting shoe, no doubt about it. I think the other one that I'm excited about because I know it has such like a niche following is the Glide Ride Two, where some people just swear by the original Glide Ride. Um, so it'll be interesting to see. I think how that how that comes across.
1: Yeah, I tried the original Glide Ride. It was good. Uh, I definitely enjoyed it. I think for me, I know I say I like a, a rocker technology, but the rocker on that shoe, the Meta. My God, why can't I think? Oh, the guide sole technology. I'm sorry. The guide sole technology on that shoe is the most extreme that I've felt of pretty much any shoe. (laughs) So it's a little bit like your foot is fighting that if you're not used to it for a while. Um, but other than that, it's a solid shoe. You know, Seth James Damore loves that shoe. Uh, he was actually the one who made me want to try that shoe back when it came out. Um, but yeah, Yeah, it was like like a shoe
0: of the year. In like two thousand nineteen yeah. was like his number one shoe, yeah, and then I have a and a woman who's been on this show a couple times shoot now it's like five times uh Stephanie flippin I don't think we covered it on the show I think it was just her and I talking one day, and that was like her like go to shoe as well,
1: yeah I, it's hey a lot of people love that shoe I feel like it it has sort of like that cult following that the Clifton One had like back in the day uh but it's good. I, I'm very interested to see what they're going to do with the two on that shoe, too. I totally forgot about that. I, I'm, not, I'm not sure what I would hope they would do is maybe make it a little bit lighter and make that upper less bulky, less intense, I guess I would I would say. But who knows? I don't know what they're going to do with that shoe. It would be interesting to see them put, like, foam Blast in that shoe <laughs> instead of just the regular foam.
0: Yeah, that would be an interesting combination of the foam Blast with the guide sole. Cause it would eliminate oh some of like the, the jankiness of it.
1: Yeah, I think so. It would be, and, and that's a very wide shoe too. Like um, it covers a lot of surface area. So that's something that I think the Nova blast needs. So maybe we need like a Nova glide ride, <laughs> a, a combination <laughs> of the two.
0: There you go. All right. So before we get going, um, what are some of the videos that are going to be coming out in the next few weeks and let people know where they can find them?
1: Yeah, so uh, my next video that's coming out is going to be the full review of The Ring 2. So that is going to be on my YouTube on Sunday. I usually post between 9 and like 9.30 a.m. So be on the lookout for that. YouTube.com slash Run Heller. And then as far as the rest of the videos go, I don't have anything particular planned yet. So uh, you'll just have to keep an eye out. So you'll have to hit the notifications Uh, bell to find out what my videos after that will be, because I'm still thinking about it.
0: I love it. Emily, thank you so much for coming on the show and keep up the great work.
1: Yes. Thank you for having me so much. It was so much fun.
0: Emily, thank you so much for coming on the show. Like I said in the intro, go subscribe. As you heard, this lady is kicking some serious butt. I love what she's up to. And she's putting out so much great stuff. And if you're listening to this, then you buy running shoes. And also, if you're listening to this, you probably love buying running shoes. I know so many of us do. I am no exception. So go get educated. Get educated on your running shoes. Go watch Emily Heller and you'll be better for it. Also, as you heard um, in the little mid-roll, we got the Rambling Runner Virtual Summit coming up. All right go check that out go to the website the rambling runner forward slash summit go check out all 23 speakers and what they're going to be speaking about. I guarantee you you'll find several things if not you know maybe even more than a dozen things that really hit home for you on ways that you can improve not only can you see it live January 15th or 17th, but you'll have lifetime access to the videos and exclusive audio form as well I'm going to put them all in the podcast form that will be available to you after you register and after the summit completes. So thank you so much for listening and happy running. This has been a production of Rambling Runner podcast. This podcast is produced by David Margetti of InPost Media. Thank you to MetaP for the music. His song Righteous Path featuring Rex Mayhem and Chip Fu, is produced by Symphonic Bang. Yeah. Enterprising in my surroundings I'm finding the quietest of states these days Disrepresentation of storm brewing I'm amazed that the focus remains The vocal focal point of my change I'm trying to show this industry